Okay. So here are the rails. <laughs> and here is our show. Completely off. Completely gone today. What in the world? Derailed. <laughs> Yay, you're here. Welcome to the CK and GK podcast. Let's get going. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for being with us. Welcome to CK and GK. We're the how-to show that um, is run by two teachers who want to teach you what we had to learn. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're not learning something the hard way that we, like the way <laughs> we did. So. I am Jenny and with me I have the hide and seek champ. Because a good friend like her is hard to find, Caitlin. you're so sweet. I love that one. Well, mine's not as nice, but it's funny. And it's flattering. I think. (laughs) All right, so (laughs) uh, it depends on how you read it. Either way, I have Jenny with me. She has been known to refer to boxed wine as juice boxes and uses the alias Anastasia Beaverhausen, a la Karen Walker from Will and Grace. I like it. I'm in. Love it. Okay, so shout outs for this week. Um, um, I'd like to give a lovely hello to Jim M, who's one of our new patrons over at Patreon. Jim, thank you so much for becoming a patron. And I am very lucky that you have decided to do that. So thank you very much. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm for patronizing us Mm -hmm. all right well um this is the time where we sit down and talk about what is going on in the world around us starting with sports and i have something so exciting okay lay it on me all right so only three other men in the history of the game have hit 700 home runs Mm, this is huge news and this past weekend, Pujols, the St. Louis Cardinal, in his 22nd season mm-hmm. of playing, mm-hmm. hit number six, uh, 699 and 700. In the same game. In the same game. Yeah. And we watched it. It's so cool. So Albert Pujols um, started his career as a Cardinal and then kind of went all over the place. But now he's ending his career as a Cardinal. This is a big deal that he hit number 700 because he says he's leaving at the end of this season. He's 42 years old. So he's he's ready to, to hang up all of the baseball attire. So this is a pretty cool thing. And it's, again, she said this is only the fourth person to ever do that in the history of baseball. So that's really, really cool. I'm also going to talk about baseball. I have a, a quick one. And this most of this information comes from the GIST newsletter, so just a quick shout-out to them. But um, Aaron Judge, who's a New York Yankee, is or was at least just two home runs away from breaking the uh, Roger Maris record, the 61 record. Yeah. Um, 61 home runs in, set in 1961 by Roger Maris. He's two away, I believe. He might even be closer now. So... Just so you are aware of what this actually means, hitting 61 home runs in a season is 
insane. The closest person to him is 20 home runs back. So that's wow. absolutely nuts. Um, he's also potentially going to get what's called the triple crown in Major League Baseball, which is when a player leads their league in batting average, home runs, and RBIs, which we've talked about on this show in the past. So if you haven't heard those, go figure out what those mean in our baseball vocabulary episode. But the Triple Crown has only been awarded twice in the past 55 years. So that's insanely, insanely huge. Yeah, it's a big baseball news weekend. And I have to point out, um, as someone who grew up in San Francisco watching Barry Bonds, and you and I both grew up watching Mark McGuire and, and these big sluggers, the Sammy Sosa, all that stuff, um, Barry Bonds, a member of the 700 Club. Yes, but here's the difference. With Albert Pujols. Yes, here's the difference. He gets an asterisk. He gets an asterisk. And the reason that he does is because Albert Pujols and Aaron Judge are doing this without the cloud of steroids hanging over them, whereas Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, are all known to have used steroids throughout their career, and it's kind of a tainted sort of record that they hold. So... I think that a lot of people don't really trust what's happening with Aaron Judge and Albert Pujols, but they have passed drug tests. Like this yeah. is this is legit. This is legit. This is real. Um, and I think that it's really exciting for anyone who's a baseball fan to know that this is this is putting, you know, those accomplishments back and on in a positive light. I mean, they were they were big deals then, but it's even cooler to know that they're not tainted by steroid use right. in the game. So. I mean, the other two guys who've done this 700 thing are Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth. Right? It's huge. It's huge. Like, this is a cool deal. Yeah. I mean, some of the biggest names in baseball, and it's just so special. And Aaron Judge, I mean, he's clean. Right. He's he's just a mountain of a man. Right. Right. I, it's just amazing. So that's our baseball news. I do have to also mention, because we know I'm a tennis fan, We've, we've now said goodbye to two tennis greats in the past month. And we know that Roger Federer has retired. Um, and I, I was doing okay with the news. I really was. Like, he's, he's been talking about it. You know, I'm, I'm sort of waiting. I'm surprised uh, Rafael Nadal hasn't said, yeah, I'm out too. But Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal were rivals on the court for so long. And then they played their last – or. Let me there last. Roger Federer played his last match as a doubles team with Rafael Nadal. And when it was over, they both just sat there on the court crying. And it was the sweetest thing to watch. And just the emotions that they both have had as as professional rivals and then to end their career as friends and teammates must have been so cool. So congratulations to Roger Federer, um, another tennis great that we are watching retire. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is when we talk about what we are currently obsessed with. Yes. Do you want to be first or second? <laughs> um, I'll go first. I don't mind. Okay. Um, so we've talked about this in the past and this is, I'm going to forget the main thing. So uh, the other day I was watching TikTok videos, you know, just disassociating as one does. And I found a video that said that people with ADHD, a la me, um, and, and you too, um, thrive on three things that start with P and I can't remember the third one, but I know that one of them, <laughs> this, this is what happens, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's 
amazing. It's a, it's, oh, I'm going to wow. remember it later and it's going to be mortifying. But anyway, it's like something like patterns and projects are two of them. And that's very true. It's how people with ADHD thrive is, at least for me, is I have a pattern of how I do things. That's why certain laundry. Is it pizza? Probably. Or probably is the other one. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um, so yeah, ridiculous. So one of them being patterns is that like you can, you know, you can thrive on a pattern because you know that if you stick to that pattern, you will get things done. That's why for me in my house, certain laundry gets done on certain days, right. Or certain things get cleaned on certain days because otherwise I'll lose track of it and I won't get it done. The other one being projects. And I don't know about you, but there is nothing I love more than like something that's going to occupy all my time for a little while that I get to put together. That's why I love Legos. That's why I don't mind building Ikea furniture when my whole family hates it. Like all those things or or like finding a really cluttered cabinet. And then I like go all out buying stuff that's like, you know, 75 to a hundred dollars. That's not going to fit in the cabinet because the ADHD part of me doesn't actually measure the cabinet. But I buy all the things to organize it, and then I spend, you know, two hours organizing that cabinet. So that's a project for me. So I bought um, a puzzle because I love Legos, um, but right now, like, I, I don't really have the bandwidth. You have to, I have to pay attention when I'm doing Legos. I bought a puzzle for myself, and uh, <laughs> and... This puzzle is, um, to use Ariella's words, it's pumpkin spice flavored dopamine for myself. Um, it's just like a <laughs> giant, like fall set of like pumpkins that are all different colors. And it's like a really cool effect. And I can put a link to it in the show notes. If anyone wants to see it, I sent it out to a, fr- <laughs> a friend of, uh, the show who's on the show. What I had heard was, and she's like, Oh, I love that one. I'm going to buy it. So I have just been sitting there like in the evenings, instead of doom scrolling on my phone and being obsessed with what's on Twitter or what's on good pods or what's on Instagram, I'm, I'm busting out the puzzle mat with all my pieces <laughs> and I just so sit and work on my puzzle. I think I worked on it for like two hours yesterday. <laughs> oh my God. It sounds so, nuts, um, but are it's you really wearing... helping. Nice. Yeah. Are you wearing a house coat? While you are putting your puzzle together? No, but I am looking a slob. Like, we're talking sweatpants and big old baggy shirt and just a hot mess of ridiculous hair Does everywhere. Does your teapot have a little knitted cozy on it? <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I just, like, oh, instead of using my phone, I'm putting together a puzzle you know, at night. Like, It's so, I just, I mean, I said this to my friend Jen. The on, girls in the bridge club said it right? was a great exactly. idea. I said this to my friend Jen on what I had heard was that I was like, it's going to sound a little like lame and, and weird and strange, but like, it does really help me kind of like disassociate, but in a, in a more healthy way, I can still hold a conversation with the people around me. I can still watch a television show. It just is a way for me to not be on my phone all the time, but it gives me that project that I need to channel my energy into. And it's so satisfying when the pieces are going together and I'm just like, yes, I figured it out. So, um, I, I can, I don't know what it is, but I'm really into this. And also, um, the other obsession that I have is Ariel also, uh, cued me into dyslexia fonts on whatever e-reader you have. I don't have dyslexia, oh. but 
my we've talked about this before too i can't i don't read very well it's not because i can't read it's because my attention span is so limited i will skip entire paragraphs thinking that i've read everything and i just I'm like wait I, I missed something something important here and i have to go back and so i'm either skipping and not understanding what i'm reading or i'm going so slow that i'm taking notes on like every single thing just to try and remember right right and that's not helpful so i didn't know this but um some e-readers have a dyslexia font. My Kindle happens to have a dyslexia font and I've turned that on and I've actually been able to sit and read. So that's ah. kind of a big deal for me. Um, and, and when I was reading yesterday, I was unmedicated. So the fact that I could read the book, be unmedicated, that's a, that's a big deal. So those are my two obsessions right now is my pumpkin puzzle <laughs> and, my, and dyslexia fonts on any e-reader that you have. I suggest turning them I on. I mean, I am telling you, like, if it's good for one type of learner, it might actually right. be good for everyone. Right. Absolutely. It's a weird thing. They have um, some dyslexia fonts that are like, like half the word will be bolded, um, like the front half or the back half. And it's supposed to draw your attention to them because they look strange, right? Um, on the Kindle, it's that the bottom half of the letter is kind of bolded. So it's... Hmm. Yeah, it's like it's normal on the top and bold on the bottom, and um, it's it's helpful. I don't know what it is, but it has been helpful, and I've been able to read it, actually enjoy this book that I'm reading. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's good. so cool. Yeah. What about you? All right, I have to share my screen. Oh, no. to tell you, are you going to do the thing that everyone does, where with. it's like, let me share my screen? It's <laughs> 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 like the, the universal. We're all going to wait while I turn the screen share on. Oh, there it goes. <gasps> what is that? I am sharing with Caitlin a picture of a dress. Now, the model is in no way the shape of body that I have. But I have ordered this dress. You did? Will you please, please describe the dress? Okay. It kind of looks like animal print, like tiger print, but it's not. It's a, It looks like that with like a feathery print and the feathers are pinky purpley lisa frank ombre style but more yes. muted that's a great one right more muted not like bright like neon but the, but it is sort of that ombre look and then anything that's not a feather is like this shimmery silvery blue and it's one shoulder it's a one shoulder dress and it's like all the way to the floor it's gorgeous i love that okay I want you to guess uh, what the dress code is that I bought this oh, dress for. Sweet Moses, smell the roses. I do not. You, <laughs> you are so extra that I cannot figure you out. It could be really close to black tie attire. Like if it were me, I'd be looking at that and going, okay, this is a black tie New Year's festival. <laughs> Right. Because it's so it's so sparkly, um, not over. It didn't look overly like tacky sparkly, but it is very like shimmery and pretty. But again, it's a floor length one shoulder gown. It is indeed a gown. That's where where I would take that. Now you, being slightly more extra than me, this could be like a bowling event. I don't know. <clears throat> okay, here here it is. I am attending a women's charity bingo fundraiser (laughs) okay so when you're working on your puzzle i'm playing bingo 
Hey, okay. time to get wild. Um, Bust out that puzzle. And the dress code, I'm not even kidding you, is mermaid light. <gasps> <laughs> okay. So, like, I, okay. So, the, the idea is it's a nod to the mermaid. Yeah. No, I could totally <laughs> see that. I mean, we're getting to a point where having the seashells on the chest is just not enough. It's just not enough. Right. So, no, I can get I into have, that. I have. It was too funny when the email went out. We're all laughing like, yes, mermaid light. Mermaid light. How do you even do that? Because here's the thing. Uh, I'd go. A sequined gown. Right. I'd go get like a kid's sleeping, like, you know, those sleeping mermaid tail things. And then I'd like oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. feet through it. <laughs> we have two of those at our house. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to do. Although I did idolize Ariel when I was a kid. She was a redheaded like mermaid. And also, right. I'm just going to put this out there. She's a mermaid. It doesn't matter what color her skin is because she's a mythical creature. So if you're right. upset yeah. by Ariel having a different skin color, you, you need to let it go. Just going to put that out there. I agree. Because this and woman go is... go buy yourself a one-shoulder sequin right. gown to wear to a women's bingo fundraiser this new little mermaid she looks so beautiful anyway yes do that because that's amazing right all right well i need i feel like i need to re- come back to this for my gem of the week i need to come back to my okay. pumpkin puzzle so oh yeah i'm gonna come back to it because here's here's what happened as i mentioned when i find a project that i'm going to embark upon i go buy the things and i don't just buy like the thing that I need. I buy the things that I think I'm going to need. I don't measure (laughs) or I measure one thing. I'm like, okay, I know it fits height wise, but I don't measure the length or, you know what I mean? Like I, I just, I'm very careless with those sorts of things. Um, and I was thinking about this puzzle and I'm like, I need a puzzle mat so that I can roll it up and it won't be in the way. And I have kittens who like to play with pieces and I have a child who, um, is regularly your helper right he's my helper also not very spatially aware just doesn't pay attention to where he is in in the world um so i was just like i need something to to roll away on and and then i was sending this to ariella who feels my pain and i was like i just need i also need you to know that i need a puzzle table and she's like what you, you need a what? And I was like, I need a puzzle table. You have, it has drawers, and you put the pieces in the drawers, and then when you're not using them, you just close the drawers back up, and then the puzzle is just there. And then you can spread out all your pieces and organize them by color. And, that, and she's like, no, no. No, you, no do you do not need, no. And I was like, but this one's like $175. And she's like, no. Like, stop this. You don't need a puzzle table. And I was like, but what if this becomes a thing? And she's like, if this becomes a thing, then yes, you can buy the table. If you do like six puzzles, you can buy the puzzle table. But for one puzzle (laughs) that you're not going to finish because this is who you are, or it's going to take you eight years to finish it, or, you know, it's a pumpkin puzzle. You're planning to do it in the fall. But what if it's January and you're still halfway done? Do not buy a puzzle table that you don't have space for in your house that costs $175 or whatever the the price was. (laughs) I think when I had everything in my cart, I was like, I think my cart's like $200. She's like, no, just no, no, you don't need to do this. So I was like all, I was all in on this puzzle thing. And she's just like, stop, take the puzzle table out of your cart, like dial it back. You can get the mat. You can get the puzzle. How much is all that? And I was like, mm, it's like 30 bucks. She's like, okay, yeah, you can do that. Okay. And yes. then, 
and then you don't need and I was like but also and she's she's just like stop (laughs) just stop it just stop it and so I'm like sending her all these links to different puzzles that I'm gonna buy and she's like start with one (laughs) yeah and I'm like this is what happens when the ADHD meds wear off right like I can't I can't stop myself. I have to have all the things that go towards all of the things that are going to fuel this. Like I get dopamine to my brain just from talking about this stupid puzzle and the puzzle table and the the puzzle mat and how, how my brain is all happy just thinking about this evening when I'm going to roll the damn thing back out. So I just need to like dial it back a little bit, but it was her just being like, stop it. Just stop. You're nope. mm -mm, You don't need it. take it out of your cart and she's like hit safe for later hit safe for later and I'm like that's my toxic trait like (laughs) things in my safe for later it's like I think that total is like $300 right now of all the things in my safe for later where I haven't like pulled the trigger on them yet because I really shouldn't so that was that's my gem is just her being like stop it just stop and then of course what did she do maybe we could make you Uh maybe we could make you a little like puzzle calendar and if you mark oh, off, you did like the puzzle a behavior five chart. nights a week, right? A behavior chart. I get a, I get a puzzle piece the and I can earn the table. <laughs> or like every time I finish a table, I can put away like 10 bucks to, or finish a puzzle. I can put away like 10 bucks towards the puzzle table or right. something. But yeah, she, what? and then what happened? I told her about how like it made me so happy. And now she has a puzzle too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. Everyone do puzzles. So, yeah, that's that's my gem is just me being completely – like, the ADHD was just completely out of control. But, yeah, I do that get excited hilarious. just thinking – like, happy. Like, and it's like a dopamine rush of how I'm going to roll out the puzzle and work on it for a little while this evening. It just makes me feel good just to put a few pieces in that- there. It's nuts. Anyway, that's my gem. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like – we spend the day looking forward to doing a puzzle. It, it's so satisfying and relaxing. I'd, I highly recommend. I had one in my classroom. You know this. And, I know. And when I was like stressed out during the day, I would just go work on my, my Texas or American flag puzzle. It was nice. You go. <laughs> okay. So um, our house is abuzz with flag football. Both Abigail, my 10-year-old, and Kit, the three-year-old, are playing flag football. Amazing. Um, Oh, I should say Abigail, the 11-year-old, because we signed her up for the 11 and 12-year-old league because Uh, she turns 11 11 in two weeks. (laughs) She's 11. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know what's better. My husband coaching a group of 12, 11, and 12-year-old girls who only one of them has played the sport before with my dad as the assistant coach. Amazing. It's yeah. Or is it watching three-year-olds try and do flag football practice? I I don't know. I don't know. It's amazing. Yeah. It's gotta be a toss up. So, okay. So I will start with the girls team. They are all working hard. They have already like, formed a bond there's one girl who um is a softball player and like really gets the team mentality she was already rallying um her offense and saying okay well who who's the fastest who do you uh which one of you can run out for a pass and was like starting to really take some ownership in the team so that was really fun um at the end of their first game which they did 
not get shut out. So that's okay. really nice. <laughs> they put we, points on the board. Right. Right. Um, at the end of their first game, John has them all circle up and then say something that they noticed about the person sitting next to them in the circle. Oh, that's So nice. each girl, yeah, so each girl got a compliment about her playing from a teammate, which was really fun. Um, my dad, like, the, by being the coach, John got to pick the team name. Okay. Oh. So, of course, they're the Packers. Oh, Lord. Um, and... My dad does not have any Packers gear because he's a Ravens fan. Mm. And so uh, we ordered him and John matching like coaches pullovers. Nice. And because my dad is who he is, um, John also got him a Packers bucket hat. Nice. I'm into it. Now, travel back in time with me to high school and think about the water boy Okay, Henry Winkler <laughs> as the coach. That's what my dad looks like. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I know what the image is going to be in this week's blog post. That's hysterical. It is so funny. And actually, I am going to send you a side by side I made of my dad yes, do and it. Coach Clyde. It's going up. It's going up. It's going to be the image. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I love it's it. It's so good. Okay, um, so that is like the girls and their um, John and my dad are both out of town this week. So I'm going to fill in as coach this week. We'll see what that does. Ooh, uh, um, thank goodness it's just a practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to turn it into a teaching moment. And I have big paper that we're going to draw our plays out on and like study. Uh, oh, my gosh. Tell me you're a class. teacher without telling me you're right. a teacher. Oh, yeah. Holy Absolutely. Smokes. Like, uh, what can I do? Oh, I can teach. That's mm-hmm. what we'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to flip and talk about the three-year-olds for just a second. Oh, the picture you First sent off, me was adorable, by the way. Yeah. So cute. Okay. The coach's name is Coach David. Okay. And uh, we get the text saying, I'm Coach David. I'm the coach of the, you won't believe this, Cowboys. Stop. So that's... Yeah, no. John was afraid Kit would get a rash from wearing that jersey. Uh, um, <laughs> wow. But um, so John says, oh, you have Coach David. And Kit says, oh, I love Coach Dave. Uh, like, <laughs> like he knows him. <laughs> like he knows him. He, he knows him. He knows he loves him. And he gives him a nickname. Oh, I love it. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Um, at one point, he has these little boys and girls doing push-ups. And I am telling you, it looked like eight three-year-olds doing yoga. Oh, They're all in like upward-facing dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's the up dog where the, their legs are still on the ground. because So all they're doing right, 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 is really right, like yeah. a sphinx, right? Like all they're doing yes, is... Uh, yeah, or oh. the cobra pose, oh, right? Yeah. funny. Um, all the families are laughing, right? Like we're having a... A, a great ball. time of watching you are. It's yeah. hilarious. Um, turns out one of the girls on Kit's team, her dad is also coaching the older sister. Oh, okay. So um, the older sister is 13, so she's in the next. Got it. The like, next tier of Division. Right. So John and um, this guy's name is Mac. The two of them are not opposing coaches. So okay. they spend a lot of time during Kit's practice 
talking strategy. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. So now, funny. I don't even know how the strategy conversation went to Cornish Game Hens, but uh, the quote of the week goes to Mac, who says, Cornish Game Hens are the crawfish of birds. <laughs> and I died. I cackled. Why? And everyone thought my... I was laughing at something on the field, but I was like, no, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, they are. There's the crawfish of birds. Here's yeah, my neurodivergent <laughs> brain being like, oh, I totally see how they go together. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. I was like, 100%, Mac. That's exactly right. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. What? Like, I don't even know what to say to that except well said. Right, I'm right. over here making the connection. What am I hearing in the background? It's a small world. Something's playing. It's a small world in the background. <laughs> you want to keep me company? You can't talk. Can you be in here quietly? Mm-hmm. And you can't turn that music box on. That's weird. Okay? Oh, this is how you record when you're a parent. Oh, those are great stories. I'm glad you shared. I cannot wait to hear more updates about how the season goes for you guys. Oh, yeah. No, I'm super excited. All right. um, Let's take a short break and listen to a promo from The Gruesome Twosome. Hey, everybody. I'm Jess. And I'm Ebony. And we are The The Gruesome Gruesome Twosome Movie Review. We are about the wacky, the wonderful, the weird, the strange, (laughs) the unusual, the gore, (laughs) the actors, the connection, the the passion, the love. Pretty much everything that comes film with films, yeah. But if it's if it's on a, a screen, we are there. We are reviewing. We love snacks. We love people. We love love. We and just love film. We love films. So, so come join us on the couch. If you're as crazy as film as we are, come join us and have a good time with us. See you soon, my loves. Bye. So this week. I did a little work on my own um, a couple of times uh, in the show. Caitlin has kind of taken the show and run with it, and um, this time it was my turn. I interviewed um, Danny and Deborah Reese, who are a mother-daughter daycare expert team. Um, Deborah is my Miss Deborah, who has been running in-home daycare for 25 years and has kept both Abby and Kit. And Danny is her daughter, who was the impetus for Deborah staying home and taking care of children. And now she is a full-time preschool teacher. So um, I spent some time talking to them about what you should be thinking about as a parent, um, thinking about finding care options for your children. Mm -hmm. And if you learn nothing else from this interview, you know that you do not want to get a trampoline. For your in-home daycare. For your in-home daycare. Okay. And um, there were a little bit of kind of blips in the sound. So I apologize for the quality, but I think the information is worth it. So stick with us through the beginning. The sound quality definitely gets better as we move on. Yeah. Well, that should be really informative and uh, we'll see on the other side. All right. Okay. So um, I am here with two friends of mine, very important members of our family, in fact. Um, and I am going to let uh, Danny and Deborah introduce themselves to you. Um, first, we will hear from Deborah, who has been watching my babies for a decade. Deborah, tell us a little bit about what you do. Uh, I have my own personal business, which is home daycare. And um, how long have you been keeping children in your home? 
uh, as of March this year, it'll be 25 years. That's crazy. And uh, if I remember correctly, the reason that you started doing that was because Danny mm-hmm. um, was going to stay home with you. Is that right? Uh, yes. I was having trouble at the time finding a suitable daycare for her to go into because she had uh, some uh, minor health problems. But I threw time- up everywhere. <laughs> Right. It's kind of hard to find someone to take care of a professional puker. Yeah. So, um, Danny, uh, your mom may or may not have revealed your age, but tell us a little bit about what you do and how it's different from what your mom does. So I'm 25 and I've been a preschool teacher for over five years now. I obviously grew up in home daycare, so I have a lot of experience that way. But so I teach one-year-olds. So that's 12 to 18 months. 18 months is my specialty. I teach at a preschool, which is a lot different than a home daycare or a digger or even a Montessori. So great, great. So we, um, our listeners are here to learn today about what kind of questions they should ask when they're looking for childcare, what kinds of things are red flags, and if they're going with a boutique in-home option like Deborah has, what kind of things should they be presenting as they are interviewing for a spot? Danny, we'll hear from you first. Um, you work for a very large chain of franchise mm-hmm. daycares, which will remain nameless, yes. but um, everybody can picture these types of places in their mind. Um, each one is managed a little bit differently, but there is a um, kind of a corporate mindset to all of the franchises across town. So tell us a little bit about what you would be looking for as a parent um, visiting your facility. Well, going in first things first, I need to know what I, what kind of school I want to put my child in, whether it's a daycare, a preschool or a Montessori. I have a lot of parents coming in looking for daycare, like goals and values and they get shocked by the preschool price. Mm. So a lot of parents think that preschool, daycare, Montessori are all very similar when they really have very different goals. Because the goal for us is to make sure your child is prepared for school. K through 12, prepared for that. And that takes a lot of independence to start kindergarten. It takes a lot of independence and a lot of self-confidence. Especially since kindergarten is becoming more and more academic. And less and less social. My two children, Abigail and Kit, have grown up in the Miss Deborah house. And one of the things that I really enjoy about an in-home situation is they had a multi-generational group, right? There's uh, six weeks old and there's four years old. Can we talk about the benefits of that as well as the benefits of being in an age-specific room? Uh, just the fact that it feels like family, that it feels like at home, and they're in a home. So it doesn't feel institutionalized or that it's a, a beefed up schedule and you have to participate in everything done that day. Like I have times where I have kids learning and I have kids playing at the same time. Right. Or sleeping. You know, like babies sleep. With everything. When the baby's sleeping, we're doing activities together and they know to probably avoid the baby it's yeah, a good to, learning like oh people need their space to do their own thing 
right and i'm gonna go over here and do my own thing right and i will say that both kit and abigail are pretty great with young kids because they grew up in an environment that had mixed ages but there's a reason why commercial daycares and preschools break the kids up um, closer to age. Talk to me a little bit about the benefits of that. I mean, there definitely is the benefit to that as well, where everyone can be on the same schedule. Everyone has the same goals. And, you know, kids that are maybe a little bit behind age appropriate behavior can move closer to their age appropriate goals. So say little Tommy isn't quite grabbing the marker correctly or isn't quite making lines. He's just really doing dots right now, but he sees his friend do it, making lines and scribbling. So like a little bit of positive peer pressure. Oh, I peer pressure is my favorite thing in my classroom. (laughs) I love peer pressure. Gets them to nap, gets them to eat. It's my favorite. Because, like, peer pressure is only really bad when you're reinforcing bad behavior. Absolutely. Well, positive peer pressure is great. Yeah. Uh, That's why I go to the gym with a friend. Oh, 100%. That's only why you work out is if you have a buddy. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to the gym unless someone's waiting for me there. So um, there's definitely benefits to that. Now, um, when you're entering in, let's say at that six or eight week mark, Talk to me about like what a six or eight week baby room feels like. It feels like a lot probably to parents, especially new parents that really haven't been around large groups of children before. Um, It's definitely new and it seems, it probably seems chaotic on the outside. I'm not going to lie. Me holding two babies at once, feeding one, you know, rocking one to sleep but it should definitely look busy I feel like a busy baby room means that they're learning and they're all growing there you'll see cribs you'll see stationary items I like the station I I don't love it when infant rooms have like the room built around stationary items so talk to me about what those stationary items are are we talking about like swings or so swings, exercisers, um, happy seats. If you can tell that the room's like infrastructure is built around those stationary items, me being an educator, uh, I would be a little off put by that because I know a lot of their gross motor skills are developed on the floor via tummy time, crawling. I wouldn't necessarily like state licensing says that they're only allowed to be in a stationary object for 15 minutes at a time. So when you say stationary object, as someone who has that, uh, who doesn't have a background, I was thinking like the object stays still, but now I'm thinking like, oh, the baby is stationary. Yeah. Right. The baby is contained. The baby is, we have put the baby in a container. All right. Uh All right. And so in an in-home situation, um, there's not necessarily that 15 minute recommendation or state requirement but if the baby is happy in that object for a while he or she can stay there right Uh, that's correct it's usually at at a point of need like I need them to be stationary to get another task done the baby's free until I have to be distracted but most kids 
they're only there for that short period of time. They have entertainment while they're in there anyway, because the older kids entertainment them while they're stationary. Right. I mean, and this is no different yeah. than me putting the baby in the swing while I'm making dinner, right? Like Exactly. The exact same thing. You have thing. to do it. But I do yeah. like the idea that the state kind of regulates that during the day because we mm-hmm. don't need the baby. Like you said, Danny, like gross motor skills are going to be developed when they're not in those objects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and there's also like the state also regulates how they sleep. So safe sleep is very important. We go back to sleep and we don't sleep in happy seats or swings because our attention span is so spread throughout the probably eight babies that are in that classroom that things could happen. You'll see on any swing or stationary objects, like, do not let your child sleep in this. Yeah. Yeah. Don't leave them unattended. Don't leave them unattended. Well, we're going to walk away at some point. Like it, it ha- like we have to walk away at some point because someone's going to start crying. Someone's going to need something. Someone needs a diaper change. So that really, the 15 minute rule really helps with safe sleep. And that's where it's really endorsing also with the developmental skills. Right. Developmental. But sometimes they need extra time in that exercise that I can't give them. Maybe they really need to build up their leg muscles, and I can't give them that because they, they they have the 15 minutes, but they just can't hang onto the ballet bar longer than that, you know? Right, right. So that's the that's the pros and cons. Like, at home, y'all can do that, but, like, me, I, I'm put into these exactly. we these used boxes. To, I'm like, we used to call the exercise Abby's office because she always looked like she was yes. hard at work and, like, and stress like in her face you could see she was really focused on trying to get a task done you know just sitting there at that rotating desk trying to figure out everything that's getting done so it's um, hard work being a baby uh, yeah it is hard work to be a baby you've never done it before everything is the first time what do you mean i have to lay on my stomach i don't like that you're crazy i was just talking to a parent i was and her daughter is like her head control's not where it needs to be and i was like and this is a parent that I've had. I had her older daughter. And I'm like, yep, she knows every new person that walks into the into the classroom. She's got 15 minutes of tummy time with that person. <laughs> and, <laughs> and her mom's like, good, because it's working. It is working. So um, in a commercial situation, Danny, what kind of training and um, certification do you carry? Um, I carry... An almost associate's degree and the training that my beautiful mother gave me throughout my childhood. Uh, but that's what I, in a high school degree, and that's what I was hired on with. Okay. And so does so, your facility offer you additional training throughout the year? So, yes, we do have um, the past couple of years have been a little touch and go with oh, yeah, COVID. COVID. Come on. We haven't had always. So we've had a lot of online stuff, which I've really loved because I could, I could specialize to my age group my children's needs and even going into like the special needs field. Cause I've had a couple kids um, diagnosed with autism recently. Oh, wow. And I've had zero training on that. So I could really go in on our training days and specialize in that um, and focus on that and what I need to provide in my classroom to make sure that I'm catering to those children's needs as well. Um, a lot of places uh, once you to have your CDA, which is your, certification you get it in like early childhood development uh i know 
the infant teacher has that. Um, but yeah, I, there, it's really touch and go with each facility mm. that you go to and how on top of it, the facil- facility stays. Even as a franchise, one franchise, one preschool and the same franchise could be completely different ha- across the town. I believe Because they're that. different owners. Right. So I would, just because it has a good fancy name on the door does not mean it's the same. I see. So I would, those are questions to ask. And the facility should always have mixed reviews. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Good and bad ones. If it has all good ones, that's a, that's a a mocker right there to say, Oh no, they're editing. Yeah. They're. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it. The owner going in and deleting. So you really have to take that as experience and just visiting the facility itself. Right. Look, and my best recommendation, like, Whoever is touring at this facility is going to be a director, so a manager. My best recommendation is talk to a teacher. Talk to a teacher that's been there a couple years. Not a new one. One that, like, really knows how this place is run and how it functions. Right. And they'll tell you. Because they have no skin in the game, whether you enroll or not. Right. I want parents that are prepared before they're going into it. So when expectations aren't being met, I'm not getting the grant of it. Right, right. And um, Caitlin and I just released an episode pretty recently that was the top 10 things I would never do after serving as a classroom teacher. Mm-hmm. And so um, in that mindset, excuse me, uh, both Deborah and Danny, I would love to hear from you. What are some things that you would never do having served owning a daycare in your home or working at a preschool for as long as you both have? I would never be a director of a preschool. Because <laughs> <for> sure. <laughs> um, I have all the patient in the world, all the patients in the world for a child. But Adults, grownups are so tough, aren't absolutely they? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, but childbearing, raising wise. Oh, trampolines. Trampolines are a bad idea. I've, I've had more kids, toddlers come in with broken appendages because of trampolines than anything. Yes. That I've ha- I had one at my home daycare at one point and I had to get rid of it. Yes. Kid lost teeth. Yeah. Because oh, the kid lost his, his, his I mean, they're not permanent teeth. Okay. But still. He lost his front they're teeth. They're there for a reason. Yeah. Yes. Because you turn your back and they're not holding the handle anymore and they're jumping. And of course, they fall right into what the handle they weren't holding on to. Right. You find the equipment that doesn't work for you, that isn't safe. Because my thing is always uh, safety first, fun second. That's how I determine how I pick toys and how I look at man- even things that are out there. Or people give me toys that their kids have run- no longer used anymore. I'll take it with grace, and I say, "Nope, this is going somewhere else. It's not staying in my house." Right. Okay, because there's a reason why it's a one kid toy. Exactly, okay? exactly. There's one kid. There's one kid toys, and then there's toys for a school or a pre K or a development part, a part of their day. Right. Yeah. Um, I always yeah. tell my students, and again, you know, I specialize in middle school, but I tell my kids, my number one job is to return you to your parents 
in the same condition or better than when they dropped you off in the morning. Exactly. If you exactly. happen to learn math along the way, that's great. But they are not excited about how many equations you can solve if I return you with a broken leg. Exactly. I literally exactly. said that Friday morning yes. to one of my coworkers. Right. I was like, you know what? Today is just return them a live day. Yes. <laughs> Because I get in at seven, she gets in at nine, and I always give her the breakdown. Oh, here's of what's, what's happened in the past two hours. Over, over the last two hours, which have felt like the last two weeks. Yes, one hundred percent. I'm like, you know what? We're sending them home alive today, fed and with a clean diaper. And yeah. she's like, "Got it, Sounds Chief. <laughs> Sounds great." So, um, Deborah, when we first met you many, many, many years ago, um. I was overwhelmed because Abigail was in the car seat carrier. She was just under a year at that point. And of all the families that we were meeting with with in-home care situations, you were the first to take her out of the car seat and hold her and really talk to Abby. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the relationship that you have with the kids and how it's different than that with the parents. You have to talk to kids like they're, they're, they're humans. You have to look at their expressions. Their expressions and their body language tells you a lot about what a kid needs. Because they, they have no voice, but you have to be the voice for them. But if you're talking to them, I have the craziest thing when I go out in public. Kids just come up to me. I don't know why. Danny just looks at me. She goes, we can't go anywhere without kids coming up and just <laughs> saying hi to you. And I said, and I, I don't know. Yeah, she gets it now, yeah, too. Yeah, because you figured now out how to be a it. kid magnet. And I love kids. I've babysat since I was 10 years old. We used to babysit kids in my neighborhood at 10. Right. Uh, Danny, what qualifications do families need in order to be accepted by your school? A wallet. A wallet. Okay. <laughs> so that, I mean, that that's real, right? Like it's, I mean, it's no. real. That, that is the number one thing. Right. If your child can be served, right? If they have a, mm-hmm. a specific need that can't be met, that's a different story. But if your child can be served, like it really, the number one requirement is, can you pay the monthly fee? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the business that she works for, they do a credit, everything check on the parents before There's they a background check. Of course. There's a background check. Of course. Yeah. To make sure, sure that, that they're not going to murder. Yeah. 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 All yeah, of, yeah. All of them have a standard background because I've had calls from kids, kids who go into pre-K that they asked me, did they pay their dues on time? Right. I particularly bring up this question because I know the first time we met, Deborah, I was interviewing you, but you were really interviewing me. Because <laughs> but I do it in a way that you don't know it. Right? You are yes. the gatekeeper for your business. So talk about what you're looking for in a family to join your practice. I want them to have the same kind of standard of values that I have that their children are a priority for them. I don't want your kid to be like, I'm going to drop them off and pick them up and you do everything in between. I'm not the parent. I'm the caregiver. Right. Uh, The child should already be clean, dressed properly and happy before you drop them off with me and healthy. And then I'll return that baby right back in the same privilege that you left your kid in, in my presence. Yeah. Cause right. We're secondary caregivers. We're not the primary caregiver. Right. Exactly. That's how I was treated. And then I don't like confrontation, especially when it's... Oh, my goodness. Well, I will tell you a funny story. Last week, it was like the 6th or the 7th, and she goes, "Um, you need to pay me this month? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and because we have like we're going on 11 years together um, oh that's different it was different yeah. and it was she knew that I wasn't avoiding paying her I had just completely forgotten but I well, can it's imagine usually Johnny's job to do that right it is yeah um, <laughs> I'll play Johnny <laughs> but um, I can imagine that conversation is a lot different running your own business versus being in a daycare where maybe there's someone who's in charge of running accounts and taking care of that yeah, business. Yeah. Right? They're able to do that, walk in the door without having that anxiety because they may not run into the director who knows they haven't paid yet. You see what I'm saying? Right. But, but then Jen, that's you don't all have to me. collect fees from your families. Oh no, she doesn't no. do anything. Right. Any questions? I go, you're more than welcome to go ask the office about that. Right. Right. But <laughs> in Deborah's case, part. Somebody doesn't pay for a while. It's your job to be the collections agent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it makes it very uncomfortable because it kind of makes you feel like like what I do for them isn't important. I'm just saying I've had parents who do it chronically. Right. I just want people to be up front and say, hey, we don't have the money in the next couple of weeks. Is that okay? I mean, like, be, I'm open and honest about your kid. I'll tell you exactly how your kid did that day because I don't want you to get home and know that your kid's been in a bad mood all day. Right. I'm open and honest with that. While I know that some commercial preschools or daycare situations will have like live cameras or send pictures every day. I actually like that I'm not getting all those updates because I know that your attention is fully on the children. And that if there exactly. was something that I needed to know, you would let me know. But um, I do. That I do that. I text you right off. Right. You know, can I give them Tylenol at this time? But that's another thing with uh, pre-Ks and uh, Danny school. There's no medication. They don't give kids medication. They don't give them their antibiotic. They don't know any of that. Right. And so those, kids, um, that's a great point for parents who are shopping. Um, some of the questions that they can ask are regarding sickness, not just sickness for your child, but also sickness for the care provider. I mean, I know... Um, Deborah, you have a really great backup system and multi layers of it as I look at Danny and then also her older sister who's not here tonight. But yes, um, in a commercial situation, if your child is sick, there's procedures in place. And if the teacher is sick, there's procedures in place. Mm -hmm. um, however, in some in-home situations, if the caregiver is sick, the in-home care is closed. So these exactly. are questions that you could also be asking when you are searching for a good match for your family. Right. Um, and then you, that's how you figure out if that person's really cares about their business. Okay. That they do have a backup system, uh, someone else to watch the children who is qualified to watch the children and knows that while that person is out sick. Yes. Well, and that's what I really like about what you, you have there is, I know that Abigail and then now Kit, um, they are known by your whole family. And so if right. there is a day where you have a doctor's appointment or you're not feeling well, I know that the person who's slipping into your spot also knows and cares about my kid. It was right. super sweet when she had her doctor's appointments a couple weeks ago. Kit looks at me and he's like, I like it when you're in charge. And I'm like, <laughs> it took a lot. Because it's hard to get compliments out of him. Oh, yeah, I know. It's very difficult. He just said it off the cuff like nothing. And I was like, you want some more ketchup? What do you want? Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, like. 
This is the He's same like, kid who like told me that he wants to move in with his grandmother. And when I said, well, that kind of hurts my feelings. I wish he would live with me. He said, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's all right. I don't mind but, that your feelings are I hurt. I don't mind that your feelings are hurt. It's okay. But my priorities. You, you'll get through it. My feelings yeah. have been hurt before and I managed. You can do it too. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, as we wrap up today, um, try and think, um, are there any closing thoughts, anything that you think is a major red flag or um, a, a great question to ask, something that you think our listeners really know as they're looking for a good situation to match their family situation? My biggest thing is trust your gut. Yeah, your instincts. Like, if, if the place makes you feel uncomfortable going in there, it's not a good fit for you. Like, if you walk in there and, and you feel like leery or uncomfortable or uh, something just doesn't feel right, there's something wrong. Your parent instincts and everything. Your your gut will tell you when something's up because you could you would feel or you could feel perfectly fine dropping your child off in one room. And then when they move up, you're not feeling the same kind of comfort and stability when they move up. And it's going on a little bit too long. It's not just a transition. It's it's a thing that's happening, and it's consistent, and it's not yeah. minimizing. Trust your gut. Talk to the teacher. Talk to the directors. Try to get a conference set in. And do what you feel is best for your child. Right. Read your child, too. Your child's your best barometer of how it's going. Because you're the only one who can advocate for your child and love. Yeah. And do the best for your child. Except for Kit. <laughs> Kit can't be a good barometer. He's not allowed. Because <laughs> no. so, some days he's running towards the door. This day you got to drag him out of the car. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it's easier when they are young. Right? Yeah. Um, if they're sad to leave you, that's normal. Right. Yeah. But um, if they're sad to leave the place, then that means they're really happy there. Um, right. If they cry to not, if they cry because they don't want to go home, that's a good sign. That's a great thing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have parents do that. Like, they're like, why are they crying when I get here? I'm like, they missed you a lot. <laughs> they're just overwhelmed with joy right. to see you. They've been holding it together all day long, yes. and now that they've seen you. As yeah. I'm like, come on, let's go. <laughs> okay, so I think we'll close um, with a story that um, is a classic Miss Deborah for me. You looked at me many, many years ago and said, children never take their first steps at my house. <laughs> What is the connotation behind that statement? What are you really telling us? They probably do their first first of everything here, <laughs> but I don't see it. Right. That's why I tell parents I don't see it, because I want you to see it first. I don't want the parents to be like, God, I missed everything. Just because they walk first here doesn't mean it's here. Because the important walk is the walk towards you. Yeah. Job. You understand that? Yeah, no, I thought that it was, was so great. Oh no, kids! The most important walk, the walk you see house. is the one to towards you. Oh. And I knew that whatever we saw as his first steps, I got to know in my mind were his first. Yeah. Right? Yes. There's yes. a piece of me back there that says, "Oh, well, maybe he walked at Miss Deborah's, or maybe she walked at Miss Deborah's." But Miss um, Deborah didn't see that. That didn't happen. No, Miss Deborah didn't see it. I didn't. They never spoke at your house. Never happened. They never walked. Yeah. Because I read the the parents' face when I said, oh, they walked today. It's not a good look. It's not everything I ever want to see on a mother's face again. 
or dad. Yeah. It's guilt. It's hard enough to drop your child off. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. So. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, And we will come back and hear from our listeners and see if they have any questions for y'all. And maybe we'll have a follow up meeting. Sounds good. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks again. You you probably send Danny out for interviews at people's daycare they want to look at. Right, right, right. Oh, my God. You could. She brings back a report. I've got an idea. uh, Consultant. That's a new business. No, we're going to go undercover. Nice. (laughs) And we're going to go tour different facilities. I've been wanting to do this for years. And I just don't have a baby. Or a trench coat. But I'll just take Kit. Or a trench coat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll get, a, I'll get a fake private. Yeah, we can do that on your show. Uh, oh. uh, write the different daycares in this area. Or- oh, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks again. All right. Bye. Bye. See you later. All right. And so um, that's, that's, that's that. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> what did I think? I think it was super helpful. Yeah. I appreciate um, them you know, helping we- us out with this episode. So. Absolutely. Yeah, we we wander a little bit, but that's only because we've known each other for 10 years and sometimes people do that. But um, this is the time where I tell you that you should rate us and review us and tell your friends and get a tattoo of our logo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to do a, one more quick before we leave. Um, shout out to our listener who sent in that question to Brian. He told me that he's been sharing our show with all of his teacher friends. And that's really honestly one of the best compliments is just having our name come out of your mouth and say, this is a great show. You should listen. That's really helpful for us. That is so fun. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, make your choices, like whether you want to send your kids to a daycare or a preschool. Yeah. And uh, no trampolines. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Hey friends, thanks for listening to the CK and GK podcast. Find us at CK and GK podcast on Instagram and Twitter and rate review and subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, good pods, or anywhere else that you pod. See you next time.